The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Where's your sign? Oh, I don't have one. Here. This? You knew? Well, I never did this before in my life. Well, we're glad to have you. We can use all the help we can get. And you must have been here the other day when all the action happened. Hey, hey, my sign! Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, September 21st, 2017. I'm Bob Metz. And I'm Robert Vaughn. And this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Listeners to our show two and three weeks ago will already be quite aware of the so-called anti-racist counter-protests that were held in downtown London on August 26th. As I predicted then, the fallout from that anti-hate rally in downtown London is just beginning. And I suppose the big question on everybody's mind today is, will this coming Saturday's Pegida demonstration on the 23rd spark the same kind of response? That's just one of the issues we'll be dealing with as we enjoin in our studio today. Mark Vandermas of Israel Truth Week, who has launched a complaint against the city over the last rally. Welcome, Mark. Oh, thanks. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And we're also joined by Jenny Hill, who was right at the center of the whole debate with Pegida Canada. And she's joining us today as the founder and director of the Canadian version of Pegida. Welcome. Thank you very much. Before we begin, don't forget, you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Subscribe to Just Right on iTunes. Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Visit us at www.justrightmedia.org, where you can access all of Just Right's social media links, including Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, all of our past broadcasts. Well, where do we begin? Who wants to kick it off? Mark? Well, I guess I guess I can because sure. I'm kind of the outsider guy. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't really know much about Pegida Canada, and I probably would never have gone to the rally. But while I was driving home one night, uh, on the on, actually on uh, August the twenty second, I heard a radio show uh, news broadcast about how some white supremacist group was coming to London, Ontario, Canada to incite hate and violence against Muslims, and uh, they were talking about a news release issued by the mayor. And I said, whoa, are you kidding me? And of course, I have a background in activism, and I've been falsely smeared as a white supremacist in the past, and that's a favorite tactic of the left. So I was immediately suspicious. So I went home, and I did what apparently the mayor did not do. I actually went onto the Pegida Canada website, which I think was pegidacanada.webs.com, and I started reading. And I didn't see any white supremacy stuff on there. In fact, I saw basically a civil rights organization that was concerned about Sharia law coming to Canada. And I do share those concerns, although most of my work, what I do is I focus on Israel advocacy. And I go into synagogues and and churches, uh, and I teach about Israel's land rights. So I'm not a neo-Nazi either. But I was really concerned about this in my city, that the mayor was unjustly smearing people as white supremacists. And so I sent an email to all 
the council members and I said, excuse me, aren't you worried about putting a target on these people's backs for being supposed white supremacists? Just not long after the neo-Nazi march in Charlottesville in the U.S. that, that ended up killing a, an, an innocent woman, my city could be ending, ending up paying out money not only for libel but for uh, injuries caused by you inciting this stuff. And they apparently they passed a motion condemning this rally and also the motion that I think you've talked about, portion of the motion, an amendment where they were going to restrict access to city property based on correct ideologies. Yes. <laughs> uh, that got a lot of play, but nobody was asking a fundamental question. Were they white supremacists? Did they have any evidence? So I sent an email to the council. I said, do you have any evidence that these people, I mean, this is a very vile accusation. I never heard from them. And so I planned on going down to the rally strictly as an observer. And then everything changed for me. I actually was on the Pegida Canada Twitter site, and I noticed a tweet that reminded me of something really important. The Pegida Canada people were at a pro-Israel rally in Toronto earlier this year, and I was there. And I took their picture. I listened to Jenny Hill speak. I got a brochure from them. And I thought, wow. These people stood with Jews in Toronto against this hateful Al-Quds Day protest, which basically tries to deny the Jewish history in Jerusalem. And so I said, you know, if these guys are white supremacists, they're not doing it right. <laughs> and so I decided right then and there that as an Israel advocate, I, I, look, these people stood with Jews. How could I not? And I'm not Jewish. I'm Christian. I said, I, I have to go and stand with them. And that's what I did. So I went down to the rally and I took my Israel flag and I'm, I took my Canadian flag. I'm a former uh, a veteran of the Canadian forces. I did a peacekeeping mission in uh, the Middle East. And I went down and, and stood because I knew what was going to what was going to happen to them. The media were carrying these these hyped up stories about white supremacists coming to town. The council members were going to supporting a rally that was organized by two communist groups who flew their flags, Communist Party of Canada flags at this rally in the end. And so I said, I, I'm going to go down there. It was scary. I knew that there was going to be some level of violence going on, and these people were being smeared. The, the, the mayor was inciting a mob and and about phantom. Uh, white supremacists coming to my town. So I decided to go down to the rally. Excellent. And you decided after that, though, to make a complaint. But but before we get that to your complaint, Mark, which is, I think, very important and uh, news shattering, let's ask Jenny exactly what is Pegida and why do you think you were shouted down? What is Pegida? Pegida was started in Germany in 2014, October 2014, and it was in reaction to what was happening in Europe with regards to favoritism with um, uh, the Muslim community there. And this, this was even before the whole migrant issue started in Europe. And their take is to stand for freedom and democracy, which was being eroded by things that were happening in Europe. So I saw this happening. Actually, my whole interest in Islamization started way back in 1997. <laughs> 1997. And, and, and my uh, the initial uh, impetus was when I watched the movie um, Not Without My Daughter, which was a story about an Iranian man bringing his family back to Iran and not allowing his wife and daughter to leave after 
they did arrive in Iran. So that really impacted me, that particular story. And then we move on to uh, 9-11, which just shattered me. And um, from then on, I was very, very interested in the whole concept of Islamization. And I was online looking, and I saw Pegida. And I began to follow them. And I saw that there was a page in the United States, uh, Pegida USA. They are now named something else. But I messaged that page, and I asked them if we could have a page like that in Canada. And that's how we started. And the reason that I uh, chose to stay with the, the name Pegida is because their mandate speaks to me. I, it is a uh, mandate that is fair, that, that speaks for freedom and truth, and that's why I chose to keep the name. So what is the mandate of Pegida? And I, I have a, a brochure here in front of me, and there's several bullet points, and also several bullet points of what you're against. They include racism, fascism, radical Islam, Sharia law, institutional misogyny, communism, and Nazism. That's pretty clear. And what you're for is, um, boy, it seems sounds like what you're for is what most Canadians are for. You're you for would think ad- so. <laughs> ad- you're for the admission of genuine war, war refugees and political refugees or those who suffer religious persecution. Thumbs up to that. You're for the integration of refugees into our land and culture. I would say that most people agree with that. You're for the utilization and implementation of existing laws on asylum and deportation. You're for a zero-tolerance policy against delinquent asylum seekers and, and migrants. Mm-hmm. That only makes sense. You're, in other words, you're for the, the rule of law. Yes. And, and it goes on. And what you're describing, what you're for here, is what Canada means to me and what the West means to most people, and that is freedom and individualism and the rule of law. You know, Robert, that's exactly the point. I remembered that I'd gotten a brochure from uh, the Pegidia people at that program Israel rally. And and for the first time, I pulled out and actually read it, exactly what you just read. And I said, why couldn't the mayor have done that? Why couldn't he have actually gone to the website and read that and contacted Jenny? They they actually had her information because she'd applied for a permit. All they had to do was call her and say, excuse me, what's going on? You know, she could have said, go visit my website. I'll send you a brochure. That's all that had to happen here. So here we have Pegida Canada, Mm -hmm. Jenny Hill, wanting to make a statement at the steps of City Hall in London, Ontario, Canada. And the mayor of the city gets hold of this for somehow uh, for some reason, then makes a motion to city council condemning uh, well racism in general, how he linked you to racist. That's another question we'll we'll talk about later, but it's, you're certainly not a racist from anything that I can see or hear or, or read. And then City Council makes the motion that you talked about first, Mark. And then there's the protest. You get about 30 Pegida supporters there, right? Mm-hmm. You've, uh, by the way, you've actually done this before in the City of London, but mm, it's just yes, we have. <laughs> slipped under the radar. Nobody took any yeah. notice. You go, go out there, you make your statement, great, against the Islamization of the West. But this time, when the mayor gets involved, they get about five to 700 people, I understand from what you were saying, right. Mark, counter-protesters with communist flags, violent people, committing assaults. In front of me, I stopped an assault. Personally. Committing assaults. And standing cheek by jowl with Matt Brown, the mayor of the city of London, plus some prominent uh, members of the provincial parliament, plus city council members. And because of this, you, Mark, make a complaint. But we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, 
Let's talk about your earth-shattering complaint against the mayor of the City of London, Ontario, and city council members. Right on. I, I think the politicians are clueless about the charter. Uh, I think they're caught up in this mentality uh, that, that we see so often these days, which is uh, free speech for me, but not for thee. If they themselves were being silenced, they would be outraged and they would cry bloody murder and, and uh, talk about their right to speak. You know, the, the important thing that uh, that a lot of people forget is that the very purpose of having a free expression guarantee in the Constitution is for unpopular speech, the speech that we hate, the speech that we find abhorrent. I, I'm not even saying whether the Pegida speech is particularly bad or not, but l let's say for argument's sake that it's just horrific anti-Muslim speech. Not violent, but, you know, very anti-Muslim. Even if that's the case, the very purpose of freedom of expression is, is to protect the expression of all views, including those that are that are very unpopular, and politicians are not getting it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's so easy for us to 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 do a thought exercise, swap out Islam in the case of Pegida for, let's say, an anti-Christian group, of which there have been anti-Christian lobbies in this country for decades, if not centuries. If if someone were to dare say we will ban anti-Christian activists from renting public space in our public facility, the liberal media and the mainstream politicians would immediately get it, that it keep your rosaries off my ovaries or, you know, separation of church and state. They would get that in a second. But everyone is walking on eggshells about certain protected issues, and I think Islam is one of them. I want to look at this some more, but if there is actually a group that was banned from renting space at a London public facility because of politics, I'm going to give you a call and we'll see if we can get you to help because we cannot let this precedent be set. Do you think we're losing free speech in this country? Do you think the trend is getting worse? I hate to say it, but I, I think things are going to get worse before they get better. I, I see the, the next one, two, three, four years, we're likely to see a further decline. But that's why we have to fight back all the harder. You know, at, at some point, people are going to have to realize that if, if they want to preserve their own free speech rights, they have to defend the free speech rights of people that they disagree with. So th there's always hope for the long run. In the short term future, we've got some rough years ahead of us. So, Mark Vandermoss, what was your complaint to the uh, city hall? In a nutshell, what I'm saying is that Mayor Brown, he didn't just accuse Peggy to Canada in this rally of being racist. He sent out a disgusting news release, August 22nd, that actually said there is a white supremacist rally happening this Saturday. That's the actual words he used, white actual supremacist. Word, actual word. There's a white supremacist rally happening. Let me interrupt you right there because I have a little observation that Bob made to me the other day. He said... Isn't it interesting that anybody who speaks against political Islam, Sharia law, is assumed to be white? It's as if <laughs> it's as if there cannot be any black or Asian or non-white uh, opponents to political Islam. That's very that, you know, I, ha I have to we say, ex-Muslims. That that very term, white racism, is a racist comment, and it and, is. and and white supremacism and all that stuff. That's pure racism. It, is. it means 
that because of the person's skin color, you already know what they're thinking, mm -hmm. right? And that it's your skin color that determines the content of your mind. And therefore, anybody who's opposed to militant Islam must be white. Yes. Well, and why is that? Because they believe that Western culture is a white culture. Mm -hmm. That's another racist assumption yeah. on their part. Yes. So the racist, and of course, all these people are on the left. The left is the source of all racism because the left is the source of collectivism mm -hmm. in which they don't believe in individual rights, but group rights. And you can see that at City Hall. You can see that in the provincial parliament. You can see it in the, in the federal parliament. You can see it in America. The left is taking over. And the right went to sleep because they didn't know. They couldn't see it coming. And so you have all of them now coagulating together. They want to make it white versus everybody else, which is, which is an insanity. And it's going you know, to implode on them. The other point. quick observation to make, of course, is that, and we have to make this all the time because there are some pretty stupid people out there, that Islam is not a race, people. <laughs> Muslims encompass every single race on the planet. There's Indeed. You know, well, you know, I heard That's Jenny. why they use the word whites all the time, because mm -hmm. they, that is a race. So now they can make it a racist well, issue. Well, you make, you make a point that actually I included in the complaint, and, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but, you know, I do happen to have white skin, and the term white supremacist is only applied to people with white skin, and it's, it's a vile epithet, and I regard it as a racial slur. And, I, and this is my point. We're going to go back to the complaint now, is that if a mayor of a city is going to declare that people are white supremacists, you better have evidence for that. And he had no evidence. He sent, he, he, the clerk sent out his news release that was going out to the media, along with this motion uh, to the councillors two hours before the meeting was supposed to start. It was not on the agenda. So nobody had time to do any research and they provided no evidence. I had contact from councillors after I wrote an article after the rally and they said, I didn't get any evidence. They handed me the motion as I walked in the door. And they're, they're voting on this stuff. The mayor has now said white supremacists are coming to town. The media is already plastering it onto the front pages of their websites while the meeting is going on, the council meeting is going on, so that he misleads the council and opens up the meeting by saying, we have a white supremacist rally coming on. They proceed for the next 30 minutes to use, I, I think there's, I counted over two dozen you know, kind of negative descriptors about racism and violence and hate and y you name it, they were saying it. And then they passed this motion and one by one, the councillors are all getting up and saying, well, we should support this counter rally that was being organized by the two communist groups. We got to get behind this. We got to get Londoners should come out. And then the mayor said, I'm going to be going and this count, I'm going to be going. I'm going to stand against this hate. And of course, they're inciting this, the whole city into a frenzy over phantom white supremacists, and nobody in council stood up and said, uh, excuse me, Mr. Mayor, do you have any evidence? I didn't get any with the motion that you sent out. Not one councillor stood up. You know, if one of those councillors had stood up in that meeting and said, do you have any evidence, he would have been labeled white supremacist. So here we have the mayor misleading the council, and together they're inciting a mob of angry people. And the people who came out to the rally they were angry. You should see the signs. They're, they're, they're part of the complaint, the, these disgusting signs. I can't even talk about some well, of them. Well, the left, by their nature, are very disgusting. They use profanity. They're violent. So that is to be expected. And you know that from being in, involved in several counter-protests and protests yourself. Well, of course, exactly. So here you have our elected officials with no evidence 
are smearing this woman's rally and her organization as white supremacists, inciting the mob to come out. The mob comes out and predictably there was assault. And I stood there with my Israeli flag and uh, and my Canadian flag with them. And it was, it was nasty. We had our backs up to a concrete uh, retaining wall and I could have put my hand on top of a police officer's head that was in front of us. And if it wasn't for Jenny's security team, who did a great job, and the police, this could have been bad. As it was, there were four assaults, and of course, you wouldn't know it by the media coverage exactly. Not one of them was committed by uh, one of her supporters. And here I am, a former veteran, former peacekeeper, advocate for Jews and Israel, and I've got people screaming and swearing at me and, and calling me these most disgusting names and telling me I should be ashamed of my flag. Now, it's, it's actually a, uh, sorry, Bob, it's actually sort of a knee-jerk response, but also a legitimate response to be upset over white of supremacy. Of course. So now if... Jenny, which she is not, was a white supremacist, and if Pegida, which is not, was a racist organization, then I think I would probably be upset as well and enraged mm-hmm. and probably have gone to counter-protest you as well. And so, why wouldn't you? Exactly. So, can we blame council members? We can blame them for not doing their due diligence, but can we blame them for the response to what they thought, erroneously, exactly. was, anti, was, was um, a white supremacist group? So exactly. And this is the point I make in the complaint. I use a complaint process. I set out the chronology and then I said, okay, here are the alleged violations that I think happened under the law and here's what my remedies are. So essentially, I take counsel off the hook a bit. I said, you guys should have should asked for evidence. That's wrong. But you should be also able to trust your mayor. Okay. You really should be. And so should the media be able to trust. I mean, they printed this stuff with nonsense. So in the complaint, well, let me just get to the remedies that'll explain it. I'm asking for a police investigation to determine whether Matt Brown's action violated the criminal code provisions for defamatory libel. That's in the books. It is used. And his conduct was so egregious, so off the rails Because remember, not only did he call them white supremacists, he said they were coming to incite hate and violence, okay? Those are criminal code offenses. I just want to make it clear, though, that what you're saying are alleged activities from Matt Brown. No, I mean, a lot of it is documented and all that, but right now we're getting into the area where we have to say that you're making allegations. Absolutely. I'm asking for a police investigation to determine whether or not his his actions meet the test of a criminal code offense okay. for I, I, defamatory I have to I have to object to one thing you said. In fact, I don't. I think you're being too soft-hearted <laughs> because you're saying that they made these decisions with no evidence. I would counter that and say that's not right. There it's was not pl- right. There was plenty of evidence in the opposite direction. There was. A you no. know, I I listened I listened to to you, uh, Jenny, on CJBK before the original rally, and you kept telling them exactly where you stood, and I was hearing you clearly, and nothing you said sounded racist, and yet the hosts of that show were determined that you couldn't tell the difference between a Muslim and Islam, that you were, you know, that this had to be white racism. So that bias was in them. It it was not in any objective evidence. All objective evidence showed the opposite. And this is what I said on our own show here. No, no, Bob, you're 100% right. Listen, I don't take the council completely off the hook. And, and when I say that, I com- I'm comparing Well, I was them. being a bit facetious. No, no, I, pre- I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't take them off the hook in the sense that 
they had they had to do due diligence. They did not defend the Charter of Rights. The council, the mayor, nobody defended the Charter of Rights. I'm asking for the police investigation there. I'm asking for a separate investigation into not necessarily police. It could be an integrity commissioner investigation into to determine if the mayor improperly colluded with these two communist groups in order to set this up for personal political benefit. To it grant would be nice him. to know, yes. Okay, because the what mayor are the other two groups? What are the two groups? Two groups are the People for Peace and the Council of Canadians. Okay, both with, of which were carrying communist their, signs. Their supporters were carrying communist signs, and I didn't see anybody trying to get rid of them. And, and let's be clear, because I, as I said to the announcer, how do, you know that, how do you know these groups are communists? Well, I know because if I organized a rally and there was a single Nazi flag, that was on display before I could take the guy to the ground and, and turf him out, and I'm speaking metaphorically here, and somebody got a picture of it, the entire rally becomes Nazi rally and we all become Nazis. So, sorry, you had these communist flags, the mayor stood, stood with them, so yeah, you're a communist group. Well, I don't know. You, By your own admission, you say that you cannot cast aspersions on one person simply because the person standing I, next to him has got a Nazi the, flag. I didn't make the rules, Bob. The left made the rules. <laughs> the left made the rule that if you... If there's okay, a, let's use their rules against them. I, that's by what I'm, their own rules, by Matt their, Brown is a commie. Well, exactly. And so is everybody who is standing there. I mean, listen, their rule is, is that if there was one Nazi flag there and you're staying and and hanging around with the people holding that flag, then you're a Nazi. If there's a communist flag, an ideology that's killed 100 million people in the world, and you're hanging around when there's not just one, there were probably five or six of them there waving prominently, then you're a communist. Sorry, you get to wear that label. Okay, sorry, you made the rules. So that's the second investigation. I'm asking for charter training I consulted, by by the way, with a constitutional charter lawyer, okay, on this issue. He said what they did there was potentially illegal, and he said it was, uh, it looks like it's a violation of a specific phrase, charter values, which is something that's apparently common in legal circles. It, It reflects... He, he, can't, he says he can't really define it, but it's, you know, contrary to the value of the charters. The spirit he, of the law. The spirit. And you see, that's a per- perfect point. Our code of conduct in London says that councillors, members of council must obey not only the letter of the law, they have to obey the spirit of the law. That's their own rule. That's right their right. own rule. So what I'm asking for is training in the responsibility to uphold the charter rights and also to, in training in how to identify what is hate speech under the criminal code. You don't get accused people of inciting hate and violence. Of, there are criminal code offenses. Those are conspiracy to, com, to commit crimes without evidence. So you need to understand, you don't accuse people of that. So I'm asking for an apology for, for Jenny and Peggy to Cannon, and I want it read out loud at City Hall and presented to her there. I'm asking for uh, a rule change uh, to Rule 8 of the Code of Conduct in which the uh, it's a prohibition on any member from accusing any member of the public or other member of being of racism, hate speech, or being a member of a white supremacist group without having evidence that would stand the test in a court of law. This can never be allowed to happen again. Now for our listeners who, by the way, are all over the world, want to make uh Um, A note here that what is happening here in this little tiny town of London, Ontario, the moderately pleasant town of London, (laughs) Ontario, is also happening in in your town. I have no doubt about it. And we need people like Mark and Jenny to stand up and say things and then and and put these people to the test using their own laws to make sure that this doesn't happen again. What's been the response very quickly, Mark? What's been the response so far? 
Um, I had response from three counselors uh, before I wrote the wrote the complaint, and uh, they were quite. Uh, the one was quite chagrined at himself for what he what he allowed to transpire. Another sent me excerpts from the Canada's Criminal Code, the the actual defenses to hate speech uh, allegations. And he said, perhaps apologies are in order. So that encouraged me to go the informal route. Since then, I've had no contact with counselors, but their outreach to me led me to believe that I think somebody on council could decide to be a hero, step up and do the right thing. Look, you know, there's no point in crucifying the the, the council. Uh, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for heroes because we've got to fix this. Okay. Uh, the mayor really bears the brunt of the blame here. I mean, he should have known better. Uh, but as far as the counselors go, I'm hoping they're going to kind of step up and do the right thing. Ron, I want to squeeze in uh, the first portion of uh, my interview with a London photographer uh, who is going to be there to deal with what he calls these white supremacist bastards. His name is Craig Levine. We had him on the show earlier. I'm basically just an average guy. I'm an amateur photographer. Uh, love photography. And I saw this on the news, this rally was going to be happening. I looked into Pegida. They call themselves, you know, white nationalists. They're against immigration, etc. You know, language aside, Orwellian language, they're racist. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. What it is, what it is, they're racist. Uh, you've already called them white supremacists. Yes. And uh, on Facebook, let me read what you wrote. I plan on being there photographing every last one of the bastards yep. and getting in their faces. Hatred cannot march in our community unopposed. So you're calling them white supremacist yep. bastards. So let me let me take a step back here. Uh, you know my background. I was uh, my father, late father, was Jewish. We lived in a small uh, eastern Canadian town, all Catholic town, and it wasn't pleasant growing up there. I can tell you that. Okay, I want to ask you, what do you think of uh, Craig Levine and what he is doing, uh, going to this rally on Saturday to photograph these quote white supremacist bastards? and then exposing them online, and he's concerned about hatred? My next guest is a controversial British imam who has long advocated for Britain to become a Muslim state and follow Sharia law. In a tweet in August, he said, Whatever Prime Minister Cameron and May do, they can't stop the rise of the awakening giant called the Muslim Ummah. Sharia will one day be law in the UK. Here to explain things is Imam Anjum Chowdhury. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Chowdhury. You're welcome. I have a question for you. Tonight, Barack Obama will outline his war strategy against the Islamic State. I know it's a, an absurd question to ask, but I feel I must. Whose side are you on in this war? Well, as uh, his uh, predecessor said, you are either with us or with the terrorists. So I'm certainly not with George Bush or the American regime. And in fact... Um, so you're actually rooting for the Islamic State? Well, you know, I believe that there are two camps in the world today. There are those people who believe sovereignty and supremacy belongs to God. On the other hand, you have those people who believe sovereignty and supremacy belongs to man. You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. And it is thanks to our financial donors and supporters that it is possible for us to continue on our journey in the right direction and to share our programming with the world. Visit www.justrightmedia.org to offer your financial support. And while you're there, be sure to sample some of our timeless past broadcasts, all archived, not just for your listening enjoyment and convenience, 
but also as a record of our dedication, consistency, and principled approach to the discussion of all things just right about freedom and capitalism. We're in studio with uh, Jenny Hill, who is the founder and director of Pegida Canada, and Mark Vandermas, who is with Israel Truth Week and who has made a complaint against City Council here in London, Ontario, Canada, regarding the alleged behavior of Matt Brown, the mayor, and City Council. However, I would just want to make clear, Mark, that not all members of City Council were there for that vote. Do you want to elaborate That's on that? That's correct. Uh, Councillor Hubert uh, was not present for the vote. so He gets off the hook. He gets off the hook. It was, it was uh, the mayor and 13 of 14 councillors, all of who were at that meeting. So technically it was a unanimous vote, but Councillor Hubert was not present. Now, part of what I enjoy about politics is looking at how ideas are portrayed in the press, not just by our politicians, but by journalists. Now, how was this complaint of yours uh, treated by the press? It seemed to me that the emails that I've been sending out were going out into nothingness. It was deafening in the la- in the silence. That because you know you got to understand most of the mainstream media, and certainly not you guys. I'm not including you there. Uh, the mainstream media were sc- were screaming this message, and they were completely credulous. They none of them asked the question. So it's fake news. It's total fake news. Oh, total fake news. Uh, what was it? Uh, August the 13th, actually. I spent a whole hour on the Andy Udman show. Uh, CJBK 1290 here oh, in London. Yeah, and a- Andy was very good. He did his job, and he extended the time twice. There was a lot of interest in the show, and he portrayed it fairly, and he had Jenny on, and he had another uh, person from a London Institute on. Amir Farahi, yes. He's yes. been a guest on our yes. show several times. September the 14th, the London Free Press, which is the main newspaper in town, carried an article that talks about the complaint, but kind of downplays it. And they conveniently forgot to mention that I'm an Israel advocate. Now, that's deliberate because anybody who calls somebody a white supremacist, the implication is anti-Semitism because white supremacism is, of course, Nazism and, of course, they were anti-Semites, but... You're working with Jews in defense of the state of Israel. Yes, I teach Jews about their land rights. And I've trained personally over 500 people. I'm collaborating with somebody who's in one of the liberated territories. I can't remember if it's Judea or Samaria right now. And he does training there. So the the London Free Press, it opens up with a London man with a penchant for protest. Well, they never mention one of the leading leftist protesters here is like David Heap, who's who's organizing everything in town constantly. They've never used that phrase against him. They reference he did a 27-day protest at the London Mosque. Yeah, they didn't tell their audience that they wouldn't print the stories that after interviewing me twice, and they didn't tell them that it wasn't a protest against Islam. It was a protest because that particular mosque, and the, my handout's still on the, my old website. I mean, this is from going back to 2012. There's a handout in which I say it's nothing to do with Islam. It's about the fact that this particular mosque held a fundraising dinner for that shameful boat to Gaza. I call it boat to Hamas. That was going to break the Hamas, the blockade that keeps weapons from getting into Hamas terrorists. And the mosque sent its director of operations uh, on that boat as a delegate. So that was, it was not an anti-Islam protest and they full well (laughs) know it. So, you know, the bias. Well, you you appeared on this show. I was on this show. I think you you were one of the first interviews I I, I ever did about that. And so they know full well what that was all about. And it was no anti-Islam protest. So they're trying to portray me that. And here we've completely submitted a 45-page complaint. Then you've read the complaint. 
You're one of the few. And it's very highly detailed oh, with yes, the documentation, is. with the evidence. And, it's excellently done. And, we, will, and, we will put it on our website, by the way, under the bonus material button. Just search for it under this episode. Thank you. And, and guess what? That com- this is a serious complaint. These are serious allegations. These, the council ripped a hole in the fabric of our community and made a joke of this of, of their buzzwords of tolerance and diversity and inclusion and all that. I wasn't feeling included uh, uh, on the week of the, sure. of the 22nd. <laughs> and yet the London Free Press didn't even ask me, didn't interview me, didn't call me, didn't email me. They just printed this story. Now, am I grateful? Look, as an activist, I'm grateful for the publicity. People, know how, people other than the mayor of, of, of London, know how to use uh, search engines, and they'll put my name in. They'll see all the Israel advocacy stuff I do, and they'll, hope they'll find the complaint for themselves, and they'll realize why we can never trust mainstream media, for the most part. It's no wonder that their their credibility is in the toilet. For the balance of the show, I wonder if we couldn't divert our attention from uh, the city of London in particular and, and its mayor and council to Gita Canada's raison d'etre, which, of course, uh, they are subtitled Patriots of Canada Against the Islamization of the West. Now, we've talked about the Islamization of the West on this show many, many times. We've had prominent Canadian Muslims and an American Muslim on our show or in our videos speaking um, from our point of view and your point of view. And I'll just name a few of them. M. Zudi Jasser was in a video that um, we took, um, I think is the only extant video of Muslims Facing Tomorrow, where he talks about the Islamization of the West. We, we've had on our show Rahil Raza, uh, Salim Mansur, uh, Tariq Fatah from Toronto. And all of these are Muslims and call themselves Muslims, though I think, and Jenny, you would agree with this, that a lot of um, of the Islamists out there would say that, oh, these aren't real Muslims. But these guys consider themselves Muslims, at least in the spiritual sense. I actually think that some of them are atheists. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are Muslims, and then there are Muslims. There are Catholics, and then there are Catholics. I was raised as a Catholic. I may be called, Bob calls me a cultural Catholic. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I don't, but, but there you go. What's in a name? We have to distinguish between the person, a Muslim, and the political ideology that we around this table are all opposed to, which is Sharia law and political Islam. Would you agree, Jenny? Yes, I think it's really important to differentiate between the ideology and the people. Because people believe or don't believe this ideology. Some believe it to a greater degree, some to a lesser degree. Now, my issue with secular Muslims or spiritual Muslims uh, saying that uh, Islam is peaceful, I find that very dangerous because they're trying to soften this ideology, which is not soft. It is a a violent ideology. And when they bring forth the idea that Islam is peaceful, it makes people complacent about Islam. And we cannot be complacent about Islam. We have to be very aware of what it is, what it says in the Quran and Hadiths. And we have to put safeguards in place. As uh, I th- And that's one of my main things that I want to accomplish is to have dialogue within the government. I don't know if it will ever happen, but that's what we want. To put safeguards in place that there will never be Sharia in Canada. It will never have a chance to be implemented. Now, having said that, I am very concerned 
with the rise in the uh, Muslim population in Europe, specifically right now. It is just rising daily. But also in Canada, we have um, the migrants that came in, the refugees, and they come in with large families, and they have large families. So what you get is a growth in the Muslim population, and when they get to a certain percentage, things begin to be implemented. And you see that actually in Toronto, in the, Peel, in the Peel School Board there, where the Muslim community have permission to have their prayer service on the Friday, and they have the prayer rooms, and it's the beginning. This is the beginning of the well, implementation of what's Sharia. What's wrong with praying, though? I mean, uh, essentially, I mean, it's a public school board, uh-huh. so obviously uh, they can't say the Lord's Prayer necessarily, but they can have rooms mm-hmm. set aside yes. for the uh, <laughs> the daily prayers of Muslims. Yes. Um, now, but I'm just talking religion here. What is wrong with a person having a religious belief and praying they want to pray? Is that really what you're against, or are you against more of the more dramatic um, and and violent and and reprehensible aspects of Sharia law? I'm against the violent aspects. However, um, when you have favoritism in the Peel School Board, and it only makes sense from their perspective because there is such a large population of Muslims in that area. But the Lord's Prayer was taken out but they are allowed to do this. Now, if you speak to the the board members, they'll say, well, if if a Christian wants to have prayer in school, that's fine. But it is different. It's the implementation of the Friday prayer in the Peel School Board. All the students that partake of this have to readjust their schedule. It's not that they're just going for lunch and then going to this sermon. The schedule is changed. And I think that's where you have the danger and it's not just the what's happening in the schools. What really shocked me is, I think it was Toronto City Hall, uh, they had Iftar there, right in City Hall, and they had the call to prayer. I can't recall ever having a Christian service in City Hall. I don't think it's allowed. Actually, when I posted this story, somebody from Montreal told me that one of the mayors in Quebec requested prayer in City Hall, and they were shot down. Now, it's interesting you say that they had the call to prayer there, because the call to prayer specifically says that there is only one God, it's Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. Yes. So when a government body allows this on their property, they're basically saying to the rest of the non-Muslim world, well, too bad for you, so sad. Yes. You know, there's only one God, it's Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. Yes. And it's, people don't realize this. They, They really have no idea what is going on. Another huge concern for us is what imams are uh, preaching in their mosques in Canada. There's public, you can access it publicly, sermons of imams that call for the annihilation of of infidels that speak of Jews as filthy Jews. They advocate that it's okay to beat your wife. And that's here in Canada. Yeah. And documented as well, documented. Toronto Police Chaplain has voiced that particular opinion. That Uh, it's okay to beat your wife. Yes, Mm. yes, but lightly, only lightly. (laughs) Oh, well then. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay. But, um, and another thing that is extremely concerning to me is the Muslim Student Association. Muslim Students Association has ties with uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, who are Hamas supporters, and they give out material that is in line with what the mosques are saying. There is only one God, Allah, Allahu Akbar, and the beating of the of the women, and women are to be subjective to men, and. Uh, all these kinds of things. And this material is given out on our university campuses. They're uh, proselytizing our children 
and people don't realize it. It's a dangerous thing, and I think that really needs to be addressed. One of the things in London that I really want to talk about is uh, you have an imam in London. His name is uh, Mazin Adhim Abdul, and he is part of a very radical organization called Hizbat Tahir. This is an organization that advocates the implementation of a caliphate worldwide. Everybody must be Muslim. But isn't it a sort of a Christian tenet that to go out and to proselytize and to do missionary work and to make sure that every soul is saved. From that perspective, how can this be any different? Because their message is quite violent. Kill So it's the not necessarily the fact that... They're um, proselytizing. No, that's not no. the issue. That's okay. not the issue. It's the message that they're bringing across when they're proselytizing. Let's get that into that a little more after the break. Yeah. What's happening, white people? It's good to see a good mixed crowd in tonight. We got Indians, one white woman that's shitting herself. What's going on tonight? I thought this was a kind of comedy show. Look at all these brown bastards around me. What a scan or what's your name, Trace? Trace. Look at these two white people sat on their own shitting themselves. Get a shot of these fing racists. Look at this. Every time we turn on the news, some new country is starting some war with another Arab country. Everybody's fighting the Arabs, and nobody's beating them. Here's why nobody's beating them. Because you can't intimidate them. If you can't intimidate somebody even a little bit, you can't beat them. Like right before the U.S. went to war with Iraq, they warned Iraq. We're going to come there, and we're going to attack you. <laughs> and Iraq went, okay. Even the U.S. was like, I don't think you understood. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it again. We're going to come to your country and attack you. No problem. No problem. It's okay. He wants to come. Let them come. Yalla, come. Yalla, come on. Let's go. The U.S. was like, I think we've got to break it down for this guy. We are going to come to your country and kill you. Oh, yeah. You kill me. Yeah, fuck you. I kill me. Okay, Mark, you've got some thoughts on what Jenny was just saying? Well, actually, I do. Um, I, a few years back, the London Police uh, Service held an Islamophobia town hall down at police headquarters, and I went down to see it. It was interesting because they were concerned about, there's always this talk about, you know, how, how Muslims are victims of hate crimes. Well, actually, I went on and looked at the stats, both in Canada and in the, in, in the FBI stats in the U.S., 
and Jews are actually the biggest victims of hate crimes. But the London police held this meeting. Well, sitting at the front, there was a lawyer there who was part of CARE Canada, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, a Canadian version of it. Well, they, are, they were unindicted co-conspirators in the Holy Land Foundation terror funding trial down in the States, and that's where we learned so much about the agenda of the Muslim Brotherhood. They're named in that criminal case. And here she is as an advisor at the front at a London police meeting. Sitting beside her is another Muslim guy, and I found his picture on an older webpage where he's being praised for helping do work as an Islamic conference in Chicago that was organized by, guess who, uh, Louis Farrakhan, one of the most vile anti-Semites in America, and Nation of Islam he's from, and Muammar Gaddafi. And these are the people that are sitting at the front with my police chief talking about crimes against Muslims. So, Jenny, this is what Scary. you're talking about, the Islamization of the West. This is, would you see this as part of it? Yes. Infiltrating our uh, our system of, uh, of laws? Yes. And our government? Yes. Uh, governments, definitely. Omar Al-Gabra, that's his name. Um, he has publicly stated that he is in favor of Sharia law. So this is a, an important member of our Canadian government, and... I, I, it astounds me that people are not more worried about this. And, of course, Ikra Khalid, who has brought uh, the whole M103 forward and, uh, you know, that uh, the Muslims are the persecuted ones and um, we need to favor them. And th th this is stuff that is just, it, it is out there. And well, they are persecuted, but by themselves, yes. to themselves. Uh, yes, because as a matter of fact, their ideology, yes, uh, self-persecuted. Yeah. As a matter of fact, <laughs> most of the victims of Islam... Are Muslims exactly Muslim right. women in particular, yeah. Muslim children? Yeah. yeah. Well, the the, the amount of uh, when we do a a demonstration at the end of the demonstration, I always have a moment of silence for the victims of uh, Islamic terror attacks, and there's so many Muslims that are killed, and I include them in that because it's it's a tragedy. They, mm -hmm. they, these people are killing each other in the name of Islam. The leftists just will not acknowledge that. It, to, to argue with them is like talking to a brick wall. It's, now, it's unbelievable. Let me, if I could, take a devil's advocate or maybe, a, I don't know, a soft approach on these people. I, I think some, some would call them useful idiots. Could it simply be ignorance on the part of someone like Justin Trudeau or police chiefs or Peel school board trustees or MPPs and members of our parliament? Could it simply be ignorance because they don't want to do their due diligence, as we've seen in London City Council? Th that's a very good point. Actually, um, Justin Trudeau was at a mosque in Calgary, and he took part in a ceremony there where they recite the Shahada, which is the Muslim confession of faith. And in that confession of faith, you say that there is no God but Allah. And if you um, connect that to what is written in the Quran, it's uh, anybody that does not believe in Allah as the one true God is to be killed. So if you think about what he did, and he was in full Islamic dress, full Islamic dress. I don't have uh, audio or video of him actually reciting the Shahada, but he was at that service, and you can see him, his, his hands are raised, and his eyes are closed. So um, to me, it's not ignorance on his part. He knows, he knows Islam, and his family is very connected with the Aga Khan. 
uh, the Ismaili Islamic sect. Well, so at least the Ismaili Muslims <laughs> uh, do practice some sort of openness with regard to interpreting the Quran and, mm-hmm. the, and the Hadith. But there's an interesting image out there on social media of Justin Trudeau. He's not only seen wearing traditional Islamic garb, but also Sikh garb, Native American headdress, virtually every kind of religious garb that you can think of, there's a picture of Justin Trudeau donning it. Mm -hmm. The multiculturalist. The the multiculturalist. mm -hmm. He's come out and said that Canada has no culture and that he is a citizen of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, that to me is a useful idiot. What he did when he went to this this Wahhabi mosque, and that's significant because they are very uh, orthodox in their thinking, and taking part in this ceremony, to me that speaks volumes. And the Ismaili community, they are, again, what they portray as dangerous because it lets people take their guard down. And you can't take your guard down when it comes to the doctrine in the Quran. It's, it's, it's actually scary how ignorant the average person is about most things, actually. I mean... Do you know what I think part of it is, though, with religion? I don't, I don't think too many people take religion quote-unquote, seriously, because of how they treat their own religions. And when they see Mm -hmm. another religion like Islam come, oh, it must be the same as the way... It must be the same. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I get a lot of. And and there is a lot of that, just as we say, there's a lot of Muslims who don't really practice Islam. Well, the majority of Muslims don't even speak Arabic. The majority of Muslims have never read the Quran or even go to a mosque. Mm -hmm. And I've I've had training from a former Sharia court judge, as well as one of the top scholars, Dr. Bill Warner, whose materials were the last to be purged from the Obama administration, actually from the FBI on Obama's orders because they wanted his material. And he talks about political Islam. He's been a guest on our show. Yeah. And he's a very calm, level-headed, I I forget what he's got, some kind of particle physics degree. He's a degree, he's a physicist, a retired Really smart guy. He he does a statistical analysis uh, and his website, of course, is political Islam. I recommend that. But he talks about political Islam. And what he does is he says, look, I don't care who you pray to and, and what you believe, but the moment it starts affecting mm-hmm. innocent people and other people, then that becomes political and I'm concerned about that. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like I see the, na- the naivete. I was emceeing a Yazidi fundraiser in Toronto and they were horribly persecuted by Islam over the years. Multiple attempts at genocide. They, they kidnapped thousands and thousands of Yazidi girls for sex slaves. I mean, it's, it's just a horrific story. Killed thousands of, of Yazidi people, helpless people. I mean, they're just, they, they're just not warlike people. And uh, I said, if you want to understand this, you really have to go back and, and try and simplify it and understand, go and understand who Muhammad was based on the text, okay, what he did, what he said. And remember that the Quran commands people to emulate him. And fortunately, most people don't. Now, afterwards, I had some very angry Jewish women that came up to the front to me and said, Mark, how could you say that, those things? And I said, well, are they true or not or what? Well, well, maybe. And they were very irate. And I said, how many of you have actually read the Quran and the Hadith and the Surat? Nobody. And they were out doing outreach. That was their mission from their synagogue. Mm -hmm. They were doing outreach to Muslims 
and had no idea about Islamic doctrine or, or, or ideology from a critical perspective, like looking at it from the other side. And I think that's very typical. And I think a lot of these, like, you know, if I went up and asked, if you can't tell me what the three pillars of Islam are or why the Islamic calendar starts on the day Muhammad arrived in Medina, then you're not qualified to be lecturing anybody about Islam. You're really not. I think you both, you and and Bob, have just hit the nail on the head. I, I really think that there's a huge amount of ignorance out there on the part of people. And when they simply hear that a person of a different faith wants to come and be a Canadian, they think, that's great. We're an open, welcoming community. And, you know, I stand with them personally myself. I think that we should be an open, welcoming community. That however, attitude is a positive one. However, yes. and, and this is what got us kicked off yeah. CHRW a couple of years ago, because there is such a very large percentage of Muslims, especially from certain countries, uh, to name a few, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, oh. Iran, because there's such a large percentage of them in many cases, a vast majority, who believe in all of the tenets of Sharia law that we've been talking about here, including death to homosexuals, female genital mutilation, treating women as second-class citizens, all of that. Because that's such a large percentage, we can't distinguish what we would say is a good Muslim from a bad Muslim. And And so, therefore, we should have no immigration from these countries. A view held, by the way, by the President of the United States. So I stand in good company. And I really have to give Jenny kudos here and her group, Pegida Canada. She's out there taking the hits. You know, she could have been hurt last week. Uh, at They're both rally. very courageous, both uh, of you. No, no. Uh, Jen, Jenny stood, she could have canceled and nobody really could have blamed her. I mean, the mayor and the council brought down the whole city on her. Well, and I got to admit, scheduling another rally for the day after tomorrow, <laughs> you got, that's kind of brave. But what, what she's <laughs> doing is she's having the conversation and these people are making the point all the time. They make, they're making her point all the time when they're trying to shut her down. The point is, is that we should have that conversation on the city hall. When people called into the radio show with Andy Moodman show and they're starting to debate Islam, I said, I'm not here to talk about Islam. I'm here to talk about what the, how the mayor stifled free speech and falsely accused these people. A place to have that debate was with Jenny Hill on August 26th at the rally or at the next one. I would have loved to have talked a little bit more about freedom of speech here and how the left are entirely opposed to it, but uh, we're running out of time. So perhaps we can give the last word to Jenny and and parting words. Okay. While you were asking about our next rally and why I'm doing this, well, I think that I'm rather stubborn (laughs) and I won't be bullied and or pushed or intimidated into not speaking out against or warn about um, radical Islamization of Canada. And I think that um, I find it so disappointing that people will not give us the courtesy of actually listening to what we have to say. Our message is not one of hate for Muslims. Our message is a warning that we don't want Islamic Sharia law in Canada. And that's basically our message. So we will be uh, demoing again on the 23rd of September. There is an anti-demonstration page up on Facebook already to uh, go against us. So I'm uh, in contact with the police. They are well aware of this counter-demonstration that's going to happen. So we hope, (laughs) I'm really hoping with uh, the complaint that Mark submitted that it will uh, open some people's eyes. And I thank you very much, Mark, for doing that. 
Very it was the right thing to that. do. You were yeah. trying to do the right thing, and you had every right to to share your concerns about about an issue that really should be concerning to the entire yes. free world. And I think if people go to your website, which is uh, Pegida Canada on Facebook, we are and with over thirty thousand followers. I yes, yeah. yes. Because I think, and this is how I wanted to end the show, is that the views expressed by you, I think, are in the majority. Once people are educated and once people understand the issue they i think stand with you i read your uh, brochure here in front of me and i'm going right on this this speaks to me as a canadian i've been growing up in this in this country it speaks to freedom it speaks to individualism and it speaks to free speech yes and let's hope that um at your next rally and future subsequent rallies that the mayor of the city of london will allow you to have that and exercise your free speech yes and remember, it's not the people who are opposed to you, it's the left. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that's where it's all coming from. Yeah. And, and remember that the left is the past tense of leave, and that's what we've got to do right now. <laughs> so join us again next week when we'll continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white, under the bedclothes. Back in the day when you see a white person, you knew they were white immediately. When I was a kid, if I saw a white person, I didn't have to ask. If I was like, are you white? They'd be like, what the fuck else would I be? (laughs) But now you need to confirm. What are you, sir? Are you white? Even you hesitated. (laughs) That's not proper white, buddy. I don't know. That's, uh... Where are your parents from? UK. Oh, okay, so... Yeah, that's pretty white. Uh, (laughs) That, in fact, is the benchmark. That, uh... (laughs)